Good evening. Brother Sam, you got your Bible? Yes. Come on up. Let's be turning to Ephesians chapter 1. Brother Sam, if you don't mind reading for us, you stand right here behind the table. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10 will be our text uh, this, this very evening. Good to be together, good to be able to open up God's Word in such a wonderful place. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. So that'll get us started this evening. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. It reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame uh, before him in love, having predestined us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the, in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded towards us into wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had proposed in him, that in the dispensation, the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things Christ, both which are in heaven and which are of the earth, even unto him. Thank you, brother. Okay. So notice how uh, this great paragraph that Sam read for us, how it begins, Blessed be the God and Father. The word blessed there means to praise the Lord. Praise the Father. Praise the Father. So what we have in one sense in this paragraph are reasons that we praise the Lord. Reasons to worship, reasons to give the Lord our, our devotion and our lives. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Notice a similar reference to in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3 where Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of, of Jesus uh, because he is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Okay. So blessed sometimes just means praise to the Lord. Notice how it's used in 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. Again, blessed be the God and Father of the, of the Lord Jesus because he has begotten us again unto a lively hope, unto a living hope. That's what our hope is. It's a living hope. And through Jesus, the Father has blessed us and he has given us reasons to live and a reason for a living hope. Praise him uh, for this. You might remember uh, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits uh, toward me. And so due to the wonderful blessings of God, we have reasons uh, to praise him. And so from one standpoint, uh, this entire paragraph here, which by the way, in the original language, this is just one continuous sentence. Okay. Paul is in, he is making a run on reasons to praise the Lord. In another sense, uh, in this uh, text, 
Paul is outlining some things that God wants to do to the whole world. God wants to do certain things to every person in this world. And at the same time, Paul is showing what God has done uh, for Christians. Okay? And so here is the direction that we're going uh, this evening. God has blessed Christians. He wants to bless everybody, Ephesians 1 verse 3. God has chosen Christians. God has adopted Christians, Ephesians 1, 1 verse 3, 1 verse 4, 1 verse 5, and then verse, uh, chapter 1 verse 7, God has redeemed. That's what God wants to do to everybody in the world. That he wants to bless us. He wants to choose us. He wants to adopt us. He wants to redeem us. Okay. So this entire text here gives us great motivation, first to praise the Lord, but also to reach out to the world because of what God wants to provide uh, spiritually for uh, the world. Okay. Now, think about that. There is somebody right now that you could go and thank if you, if you are living for Christ right now, someone helped you at some point see Christ in the Scriptures. That is a person that you thank God for all the time. But here's the next question after that. Is anybody thanking God for you? Is anybody thanking God for me? Am I busy leading people to Christ so that I will be on someone's prayer Listen, that's not the reason we do it. We just want them to know about Christ. We want them to know what God wants to provide them through Jesus Christ. And he wants to bless everybody, choose everybody, adopt everybody, and redeem everybody. Okay? And so let's get started noticing each of these important uh, categories here. Let's start. God wants to first bless us. Okay? He wants to bless us. These blessings, according to what Paul writes here, have several descriptions. Okay? These blessings are spiritual. In other words, they have to do with the soul. They have to do with the soul. God wants to bless us spiritually. He wants us to go to heaven. He wants us to know what life is really all about. Beyond, beyond what everybody else is doing, beyond what we see, down deep into our soul, down deep into our heart, God wants us to bless us spiritually. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, there in Ephesians 1 verse 3, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So these blessings are spiritual. But also, these blessings are multiple. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In other words, every conceivable spiritual blessing is found in Christ. Conceivable. Uh, every possible. Every imaginable. Every thinkable blessing. Every spiritual blessing that could be experienced, that could be possessed, is found in Christ. Okay. There are multiple. How do, you, how do you even begin to count the spiritual blessings? Well, you can have your own way of doing this, right? but you can follow the uh, letter F here and just start thinking about the blessings that start with the letter F. For example, God has blessed us with faith. 
Okay, now, I know we develop our own personal faith, but God gives us the means to develop that faith, and that is the, His Word. He's preserved His Word. We can look at the world and see that God is real and God is, God is active. We can look at God's providence. We can see the sense of His sending His Son. So we are blessed uh, with faith, but we're also blessed uh, with forgiveness in Christ. Ephesians 1, verse 7. The forgiveness of our trespasses uh, through Christ. Okay. But in, in addition to forgiveness, we're blessed with a spiritual family, the church. right? And we're blessed with fortitude. All the great examples, we were looking at some of those uh, this morning, all the great examples in the Bible, builds our faith, builds our, our strength, builds our courage. It ought to. Okay. He gives us fortitude. But he also gives us an incredible future, both here and now. You know, 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise that now is, and of that which is to come. Jesus came, John 10 and verse 10, that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So our future is secure because we're following Christ. As we said this morning, as we give ourselves to Him, He will turn around and bless us. He will provide our needs now. Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He will provide for us now, but particularly, He has a reward waiting for us after this life. And so, the blessings are spiritual in nature, having to do with the soul. They are also multiple. And part of those blessings can be summed up by thinking about how important our faith is to us, how important it is to know that we're forgiven of our sins, how important it is to know that we can be strong, just like Paul was strong, to have the same fortitude and courage, how important it is to know that we have the family of God and we have a future that is is unlike anything else uh, anybody can offer in the world. And so notice these uh, spiritual blessings. But one other description about these, uh, these spiritual blessings, and that is they are located somewhere. Where are these spiritual blessings located? In Christ. That's right. In Christ. Now God has a history of locating His blessings. In the days of the flood, there was a place you needed to be. 1 Peter 3, verse 20. Wherein few who were in the ark were saved by water. Okay. Those in the ark. See, God has, has a history of of locating his blessings. The blessing, the location blessing blessing of the days of the flood was, was to be in uh, the ark. In Exodus chapter 12 and 22 and 23, the location blessing there was for the Israelites to be in their house and to have the blood of the lamb uh, put on the, the doorway of their houses. And that way, uh, they would not be affected by the last plague that God brought upon uh, that land. So the blessing of location there was to be in their house with the, the blood of the lamb on their doorways. Okay. In, um, in 1 Kings 17, and the first, first few verses there, for Elijah the prophet, the blessing was the brook Kireth. Remember that? God had said that there would be a famine in the land, three years more. And so he had Elijah to go and dwell by the brook Kirith. And there he could drink of that brook for a little while before it dried up. And then um, somehow he was fed day and night. How was he fed day and night there? 
By the ravens, that's right. Okay. So the location of the blessing there for Elijah was the, the brook Kirith. And you remember that Naaman in 2 Kings 5 was cleansed of his leprosy in a particular place. Where was he to dip? Where was he to dip seven times? In the Jordan River, that's right. So the blessing of the location there was in uh, the Jordan River. And you come over to the New Testament, John chapter uh, 9, Jesus healed uh, the blind man, and he told him to go wash where? In the pool of pool of Siloam. So God has a history of locating, locating his blessings, and so it's not surprising for us to understand that all spiritual blessings, now that Jesus has come, all spiritual blessings are in a certain location in Christ. If we want the blessing, then we've got to be in the location. Okay? And I would urge you to, to just, just quickly learn how to express that to your neighbor or to your family member. If you want the blessing, then you've got to be in the right location. It's just that simple. What, are, what is found in Christ? Well... You can make this list as as easy as anybody. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10 says that salvation is in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says that in Christ we are a new creation. Old things are passed away, all things become new. We read in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 14 that faith and love are in Christ Jesus. We read in Philippians chapter 2. Not Philippians chapter 2. Philippians uh, chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7 that the peace uh, that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and minds are in Christ Jesus. The peace then that the whole world longs for is in uh, Christ Jesus. You remember in John chapter 15 uh, Jesus said uh, I am the vine and you are the branches. And the branches must remain in the vine if they're going to bear fruit. And so it's important for us to be in the right location, uh, to be in uh, Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, 13 and 14 says that forgiveness is found uh, in Christ. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 11 says that that life is in the Son. God wants to give us eternal life, and that life is in Christ Jesus. Redemption, that is mentioned here in Ephesians 1, verse 7, the forgiveness of our trespasses is in Christ Jesus. The inheritance that we want after this life, Ephesians 1, verse 11, is in Christ Jesus. Again and again and again, the blessings that we so desperately need for our soul is in Christ And so from there, we just simply invite people to read passages like Romans chapter 6, 3 and 4. Know you not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. Or Galatians chapter 3, 26 and 27, we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, uh, did put on Christ. And so, first of all, God wants to bless us. And if we are following Him, if we have become Christians, we are blessed uh, by the Lord. The Lord wants to bless every person, not just me and you. The Lord wants to bless all of us. The second thing here 
God has chosen us. It says here in Ephesians 1 and verse 4 that before the foundation of the world, He chose us in Him. That we would be a people holy and without blame in love. What did God choose before the foundation of the world? Well, He chose a plan for us to be saved. We just went over that kind of. He chose us to be in Christ. All the followers, God a long time ago, He a long time ago before the foundation of the world, God knew we would be sinners, and so He already had it worked out in His mind. You know Ephesians 3, 10 and 11 talks about the eternal purpose of God in Christ Jesus. A long time ago, God went ahead and predetermined that all those who would follow His Son would eventually be in Christ. So God... Before the foundation of the world, He chose a plan. He chose a plan. Before the foundation of the world, God chose a people. A certain people. These people who followed His Son would be, notice it there in Ephesians 1 verse 4, they would be holy people. They would be blameless people. And they would be loving people. And that's what you get when you follow Jesus Christ. You become holy, you become blameless, you become loving. So he chose a certain, he chose a certain kind of people uh, before the foundation of the world. And before the foundation of the world, he decided that people would be blessed through his son. Notice that in Ephesians 1, verses 5 and 6. It's through Jesus Christ that these blessings would come. The redemption is found in Christ Jesus. So he decided long before the world was ever created that he would bless the world through a certain uh, person. Okay? And then he also decided there would be a great purpose behind all this. Notice in Ephesians 1 and verse 6 that uh, the purpose of all this was to uh, notice the glory of the grace of God. Okay? His glorious grace. To bring glory to God because of his grace is what that really, really means. And so, before the foundation of the world, God said, I will save my people through a certain person, Jesus Christ, my son. And that will be set up through the gospel plan of salvation. It will develop a people who are holy, blameless, and very loving uh, in the world. And this was all would be for the purpose of bringing glory to God through uh, his son. Before the foundation of the world. This goes right along with the nature of God. Because God wants everybody to be saved. So a long time before man came to this earth, God made a plan to save man. It's like a teacher heading to her classroom, and maybe she determines that the lowest passable grade, the lowest grade with which a student can pass is is 70. She determines that long before class ever begins. And so God, long before man ever came to this earth, went ahead and predetermined some conditions that he was going to set up, and he did set up, and complying with these conditions, a person would find himself in Christ and part of the chosen, part of the chosen. This goes right along with the nature of God. God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2, verse 4. According to Paul, this can happen to anybody. Anybody sitting here, anybody walking, anybody taking in breath 
can be part of the chosen. God will not have any to perish, but all to come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. You see, this goes right along with the nature of God. He sent His Son to die for every man. Hebrews 2, and verse 9. This also goes along with the nature of man. It goes along with the nature of God and His heart. But it also goes along with the nature of man. God created us to be, to be people who could make their own choices. God created us in His image. And He gave us a, a mind to think. And He gave us emotions to feel. And He gave us the ability to examine ourselves. He gave us the ability to step in and make decisions based on what we've learned. Joshua 24, 15, of course, says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. And that's a commandment, that's a choice everybody has. Choose you this day. Will you serve God or will you not? And so you see, man can choose whether he's going to take advantage of the person of Jesus Christ and all that he's done on the cross. Man can choose whether he's going to apply the plan, the gospel plan to his life and receive forgiveness of sins. A man can choose, man or woman can choose whether he's going to be part of the people of God and whether he's going to live out the purpose of God in his life and bring glory uh, to his name. And so the second thing God wants to do to everybody is to make them part of the chosen. This is the good news that we have from God through his son Jesus. This is the good news of the gospel. God wants to bless everybody. God wants to choose Everybody. And then the third thing God wants to do to every person, and this is the reason that we praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Appreciate those good songs, Brother Tim. Praising the Lord. The reason that we praise Him is because of these things. The, the thing that God wants to do to everybody, the third thing He wants to do is to adopt everybody. To adopt. Chapter 1, verse 5. Get ready, Sam, and me. There'll be a reading coming up here in a second. Adoption is just another word for, for creating spiritual children. Okay. But it's a wonderful word. But the process is the same. Okay. When you read Galatians 3... 26 and 27, we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of us as were baptized into Christ did put on Christ. The process is the same. It's the same process as the new birth. John 3, 3 through 5. Being born of water and the Spirit puts one in the kingdom of God. Well, being born of water and the Spirit makes one the adopted child of God. The idea of adoption is just another way of saying that God wants to make us His child. His child. Now, the good news on this is that our identity and security is not based not based on, on activities per se that we do. Or possessions that we have. It's not based on the foolish choices that we've made. 
It's not really based on anything that we have accomplished in life. Our security and our identity is on the fact that God wants to make us His child. He wants to adopt us. It's a beautiful thought. Beautiful thought. Let's read about adoption. Sam, turn to Romans uh, chapter 8. Let Sam read for us from verses 15 to 17. Romans chapter 8, 15 to 17. Said, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whom we cry out, Abba Father. The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Okay, notice that little passage it is packed full of some great, powerful truth. But notice, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption. Well, if, we want, if we want to become a child of God, which we do, which we do, and the plan is plain as how to make us his child, he wants us to know in becoming a child that we put away the spirit of fear. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, God's Spirit, God Himself, the Holy Spirit, brought us the Word of God, which we are able to read. And then we, being made in His image, with our inner man, our spirit, we're able to, to look at that and read and, and observe and, and understand And so here God, the Holy Spirit, says, here's how you become a child of God. And then we, with our inner being, with our mind, our heart, and all it takes to understand, we come back and say, yep, I understand that, and I'm going to apply that, I'm going to submit to that. And so the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Even, it says, joint heirs with Christ, if we're willing to suffer as he suffered for us. Isn't that amazing? Now, think about how special and loving this idea of adoption is. When my mother and daddy went to the hospital to have me, they had to bring me home. And I don't know what my dad's reaction was, but he had to bring me home. He had no choice. There, there he is. But someone who's adopted is chosen. This is what God wants to do with us. This is what he has done for us. He has chosen us to be part of his family. Even to say... Joint heirs with Christ. So, I think we need to let that sink in a little bit. And think about all the love that is behind this idea. Back in the late 1800s, early 1900s in this country, there were what they called orphan trains. Orphan trains. In the eastern part of our country, there were a lot of children who didn't have families for various reasons. 
some because of disease, some because of the ravages of the Civil War, some because of just an immigrant's lifestyle, some because of alcohol. But for some reason or another, there were thousands of children who were orphans. And so they would put them on orphan trains and just go from east to west looking for families to take them in. One such fellow, his name was Lee Nailing. Lee Nailing. And Lee was bounced around from house to house and had many, many bad experiences. He landed at one couple's house. The, the couple was a little bit older. But he came in one evening and he didn't speak very much. He made plans that he would run away the next morning. But he fell asleep before he could get his bags packed. And the next morning they woke him up and they brought him down to breakfast and they set before him gravy and biscuits galore. And that got his attention. And he reached for a biscuit and they said, wait just a minute, we're going to give thanks. And so they started their prayer. The dad started his prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. And suddenly the little boy, Lee, about nine years old, he thought, I remember that preacher coming by the orphanage that time talking about God the Father in heaven. And so he listened to this prayer, Our Father in Heaven. And then they continued in the prayer, saying, not only do we thank you for this food, but we thank you for the privilege of raising a son. Little boy Lee thought, I'm a privilege. I'm a privilege. They continued the prayer, saying, Father, help us to make, as parents, the the good choices That will benefit Lee. And then help Lee to make the good choices he needs to make in life. And to bring honor to you. And Lee contemplated that. He said, choices, that makes sense. Because the choices we make have a lot to do with with how our life goes. And then the father said, Amen. And right after the Amen, he said, Dig in, son. And that caught Lee by a huge surprise. No one had ever called him son before. Dig in, son. And after breakfast, he tells the story how that his dad said, it's time for you to get a haircut. And so he took Lee to get a haircut. But on the way to get a haircut, they stopped at every neighbor's house And the father said, I want you to meet my new son, Lee. And they got into town. He stopped to see everybody in town, saying, here's my son, Lee. And finally went over to get a haircut. How do you think that that little boy felt after being shuffled around? Bad experience after bad experience. After having been separated from his other brothers and sisters, have not heard from his mom and dad in forever, to finally have found Really, two fathers. The Father in heaven. And someone that he can call mom and dad. Spiritually speaking, the world pushes us around, doesn't it? 
we fall to the devil. We experience the devil's ways. We see the results of the devil not only sometimes in our lives, but also in the lives of others. And all the while, God is saying, you can come away. I want to have you as my child. Have you as my own. I want you to be my daughter. I want to adopt you into my family. You see, this is what God wants to do to every person walking on earth, is to adopt them into His into his fold, into his family. And finally, God wants to redeem everybody. Chapter 1, verse 7. Redeem has to do with the release of a slave. And there are several people involved in the release of a slave. There is the master... And in the spiritual sense, sin is the master. Jesus said in John 8 and 34, whoever continues to commit sin becomes a bondservant of sin. Sin can master our lives. A lot of people are in that servitude right now. They are serving sin. When a person obeys the gospel, according to Paul in Romans 6, 16 and 17, he says, God be thanked that whereas you were the servants of sin, that you have obeyed from the heart that former doctrine that was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness. Sin is the master. The Redeemer is Christ. Of course, we've been mentioning that over and over in Ephesians 1. The price is the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 7. Acts 20, verse 28, take heed to the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to feed the church of our Lord which He has purchased with His own blood. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, we have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God both in your body and your spirit. That price is the blood of Jesus and then there is the servant, the new servant. The great thing about coming out of the mastery of sin is that now we're under a new master, a new ownership, and that is the Lord Jesus. We are servants of righteousness now, as Paul just said, Romans 6 and verse 18. Redeemed. In other words, Jesus exchanged His life for ours. And that was the only way to bring us out of sin. And this has been offered according to the riches of His grace. Is this not the best story ever told? Isn't this the best news? Known the mankind. Isn't it true that God wants to do this to every person? May we be encouraged this evening to share. This is just a bit of the good news, but it's certainly a good part of it. God wants to bless us, He wants to choose us, He wants to adopt us into His family, He wants to redeem us from our sins.
to buy us back, to get us out of that, that bondage. Do you know someone who needs to hear this sort of message? You do. You do. But perhaps before you are ready to share that message, maybe you need to come clean with God yourself. It's not meant for the Christian to walk away and to walk around with a lot of sins in his life. We're going to make mistakes, but we are not to let sin reign in our bodies, Romans 6, 11, and 12. He is not, sin is not the master of us anymore. Remember a moment ago we mentioned from Ephesians 1, verse 4, that before the foundation of the world, God chose... A plan. He chose a person, his own son. And he chose a people. And those people are described as holy, without blame, and loving. Sometimes as people of God, we don't show up as holy, without blame, and loving. Is there something that we need to come clean with, with God? Right now, we're going to get ready. Sing this next song. And if we can pray with each other, study further with each other, we'd be glad to do that. Let's all stand together. Brother Tim, let's, let's sing this song.